Buckle your pads and button your chin strap. It's the Thursday Morning Football Podcast. Good morning, everyone. My name is Brian Jennings, and welcome to the Thursday Morning Football Podcast. I'm joined by NFL referee Steve Palladino. Would you define a roughing the passer penalty as a really long, unpleasant hug, Steve? I'm going to define it like how you put a baby down to sleep. So with the, the pillow and the blanket and making yeah, sure that's it's gonna be the, the safe, new roughing comfortable, the passer warm. Correct. Oh, Jesus. That's just, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to be sick. Uh, that's just, ugh. All right, and I'm also joined by NFL photographer Joe Boyle. Joe, how are you feeling after being shoved by Devontae Adams at the end of that Raiders-Chiefs game? I have to know, I will be former NFL photographer after the payday I'm about to hit after that shove. <laughs> how much How much are we talking here? Like, what's what are you looking at? My lawyer says I cannot discuss the terms of the agreement. Uh, okay, understood. Understood. All right, we'll get more into that later in the show. So whether you're on your way to work or you're just waking up, spend an hour with us every Thursday morning as we debate and discuss the top games and stories in the NFL, poke fun at one another through some offbeat topics, and realize how bad we really are at making picks and predictions. We have a great show for you this morning. We want to look back at week five, share our favorite all-time touchdown dances and celebrations, and also look forward to week six. All right, we're going to begin with uh, the two really, really horrible, bad roughing the passer calls. Um, it's Let me just tell you, it's rare to have one really bad roughing the passer call for a week in the NFL, it's almost impossible to have two. When Tom Brady was cleanly and legally tackled to the turf by Falcons defensive lineman Grady Jarrett, and then a flag was thrown for a roughing the passer penalty on Sunday, I said, how? How could that happen? Then when I saw Derek Carr get strip sacked by Chiefs defensive tackle Chris Jones, and then Jones got flagged for a it looked like a very similar roughing the passer penalty. I said, okay, hold on just a second here. The, something, something's not right. I had never seen anything like this before, let alone within the same week. But both of these instances were clearly not roughing the passer penalties. So, Steve, we're going to start with you on this matter. Were these penalties the worst calls you had ever seen in the NFL? I definitely say so. Um, this is getting really out of control. And it's even changing the games of giving the offense an opportunity. You know, it could be a third down play, and now they get the first down from the 15-yard penalty. And just the hits. Like, that was a clean hit from Brady. Hit him, brought, tack him right in the waist, and just brought him down. And then what Carr's hit, uh, Jones brought him down. But it looked, like, it looked like he was trying to pick him up while he was bringing him down to gently put him on the ground. It, that was impressive what Jones did. Uh, I mean, to basically just take to the ball away as he's tackling him in in the process, the the whole strip sack and everything. 
I mean, I'm, I'm just up. giving credit for that. But. I just can't control. It's not fair for the defense. You're playing hard, and you know, isn't the goal is to try to, you know, not destroy the quarterback, but you want to rough him up a little bit. That'd be comfortable in the pocket, and it's just not fair. I, I just don't get it anymore. Joe, what does this say about the NFL moving forward? And and we've heard jokes about it in the past, like the you know NFL stands for the No Fun League, and it, this is just ridiculous, though. This is getting out of hand. I mean, what does it's, this say about the league? It's interesting because you have people, a lot of people saying how the league babies Tom Brady and how Tom Brady wouldn't have survived the old NFL. But the reason a lot of these rules and the safety of the quarterbacks are so focused on now is because of those hits Tom Brady took early in his career. I mean, there was a, a highlight reel I saw of some of those hits. I mean, Brady's been playing since 2001. He was playing in that hard NFL where he was getting depleted, you know, and they were good hits, but by if by today's standards, they would be roughing the passer. So to start, I think it's funny when guys say uh, Tom Brady is babied and he wouldn't, he wouldn't survive in the old NFL because he did. He survived in the NFL and the old NFL and he's still playing. A lot of those guys who – we're playing at the same time and we're close to his age have been retired for years. So to say the NFL's baby and Tom Brady is a stretch, but it does point to a concern in the NFL and you both kind of touched on it is, you know, when you're making these calls, it's now going to affect the outcome of the game. You saw it with that chiefs one where the, the strip happens. They have, they, the Chiefs should have the possession after that. No question. But, Right. But, but Joe, let me ask you this though, for Tom Brady. Okay. Right. Tom Brady was asked on a radio show earlier in the week, basically was that a roughing the passer penalty? And when Tom Brady sits there and just says it was a really long, unpleasant hug, like jokingly. Okay. For him to not even admit that it was clearly not a, a roughing the passer penalty. I mean, what does that say about Tom Brady? I think that's just like he's like I don't know. I I mean, I do you think, think says, do you think he was think really joking about that, or or do you think he really thought that wasn't a, a roughing the passer penalty? Well, it sounds like he doesn't think it was because that's what he said. Like he said it was a hug, right? I mean, I wouldn't look too much into his words other than, uh. You know, he's saying like it was a long hug. You shouldn't. It it wasn't roughing the passer. That's what he said. So what's it say? It says that you know even Tom Brady, who, the guy who got hit, doesn't think it was roughing the passer. I mean, I would, yeah, I would hope that's in, what in, <laughs> interpret if if that if that's what how we're interpreting. Right, right. I mean, it's all about how you interpret it, obviously. But I also you know. think Tom Brady's the type of guy who is going to give give you an answer and then doesn't want to talk about it. Right. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's kind of that Belichick, that Belichick platform a little bit of, I just want to talk about what's ahead. I don't want to talk about what's, but we kind of, already. we, yeah, but we, we think Tom Brady feels if, you know, their defense did tell their quarterback the way he got tackled and a call rough in the passer and changed the whole game. You know, I'm sure he'll, you know, have a big uproar over that too. I mean, if it was flip flop, I don't know. Away, you know. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I don't. I don't pretend to act like I know what's going on in Tom Brady's head. Um, I can only say like, 
that it wasn't we all i think every the whole argument around this has been it wasn't roughing the passer it's kind of ridiculous and i'm sure you're going to see more on on kind of more to make it's it's all about making on high subjective from the tools yeah. uh concussion now and the bridgewater guy sure it's gonna be and a high alert that definitely i think that definitely factored but it's contributing is, to it for sure because yeah. the the NFL is under a microscope now. They don't you get sued I mean? either. Yeah, and and it's all yeah right. It's over money, you know, and, and liability, and so I think that definitely. I think you're right. I think that definitely contributes. Now, let me factors ask you this: in. You think in practice they should teach the quarterbacks how to take a hit and make sure you don't get concussed? You know, concussed on the, the ground and in the, NFL, not- in the NFL. I'm saying they should have guys be more awareness of. I think these guys do, but they're so competitive. Yeah, but how that... how are the players supposed to tackle somebody now? I mean, this is turning into like you can't even touch the quarterback anymore. Yeah, it's I getting mean, those to are, the point where it's just so ridiculous. They should, they should the go hits, with flags on them. The hits, the hits were like as soft as they could have been. Like they were clean. I, hits. I get. Listen, I get that you're trying to protect the quarterback and all. I, I get that. You know what I mean? Like the whole Tua situation kind of, you know, I, I can understand, you know, refs are like really trying to like pull back with, you know, like the hits that quarterbacks are taking. Now, I, I get that. I get that. But when you guy, when you have a, a two instances like this where a guy is trying to make a clean tackle on a quarterback, I mean – this this is like it's taking away from like the I don't know just like the 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 meaning of the game and just like well, what is it what the referee's fault or it's coming from the NFL to tell them you know well that's what, well, well, that's what no, 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 that, I don't think we know that I don't think we know the answer to that because it could be it very could well be you know like the NFL is really putting pressure on these these refs to and it's coming from up top to to really watch for the quarterbacks after what happened to Tua. But whatever it is, like that that's not football. To me that's not football. And it it those are the worst calls. Those are the worst penalties I've ever seen in the NFL. And like I said to happen back to back like that within the same week, I think just makes it even worse. But now let me ask you guys this going forward with this are we going to see more of this? Are we going to see more of these ridiculous penalties called like with the quarterbacks? No. Are there going to be other penalties made going forward? What do you mean other penalties? Like Like just protecting the quarterbacks. Like you can't basically, you can't like touch the quarterback basically. I, I think we've seen, I think there's going to – eventually there's going to be a middle ground, right? We've seen in the last – within the start of the season, we've seen, all right, we've allowed a little too much to happen, and now we're seeing the – how far we can – how what's the absolute opposite side of letting anything happen? Oh, we're calling everything. Eventually there's going to be, be a, a middle found, a middle ground found, but – we need to kind of like go through the growing pains of saying, all right, what are we actually considering a roughing the passer now? So I think it's just, I think it's just learning and, and improving the, the referees are going to improve. They're still well, going to make uh, mistakes, but they right. have to go through these growing pains in order right. to make, in, in, in order to learn. 
Well, do you think their- do you think they're out of position too? The refs? Oh, uh, I, I, I. I, or seeing I, where the hits are coming from, or she should be. A I would. I'm them. not going to. I'm not going to pretend to know. Like I think ref, being a referee is probably the hardest thing to do in the NFL. But being like, out I, of position, though, that that being in the right position, that's part of your job. I mean, in, in that's that, in every I, sport. That's in all yeah, the sports. But, the umpires and referees sport, should be there to. Every sport has different positions, though. I don't know. I feel like these guys are always trying to put themselves in the best position. They're not you, actively you have thinking. multiple eyes on this too. You have like a back judge, a line judge. Like you, you have so many multiple Let me ask refs. You think there could be challenges for it? Like it have pass interference. I think that's worth it. I think the NFL is going to implement something, some kind of challenge. I heard something on NFL network about that, that they, it was worth trying for like a year as like a trial type thing almost like I a think beta test and definitely if we're talking about kind of learning how to play the play this game the right way like we talk about finding that middle ground yes allowing teams to challenge and if they get it right get that challenge back or something because it's a blown call on the ref it's not like a you know something like a fumble it's just strictly like a uh, getting more people to see a roughing the passer I think we could. I think that would be very beneficial to allowing the game to grow and learn, and have more eyes kind of see what's actually happening in these games. That would be. And interesting. I think. And I think one I more agree. too. I think why, and I think they're doing this too, until Tua comes back and all these quarterbacks. They're just gonna be strict for I think a couple more weeks, and then it might not be as bad because everybody's eyeing the NFL on all these big hits. Well, they're under a lot of pressure right now. Yeah, I think exactly. It's, it's so the timing. Think, it's the timing of it all. I think NFL's, you know, I mean? just, you know, telling people we do care about the quarterbacks. Look at we're calling every almost everything. Yeah, I think I think that the best way to put it is, uh, no one's ever going to be happy with a call, no. right? And no. some you just got to find the call that's going to make the most people happy. I just hope this will happen in playoffs, championship, and in the Super Bowl. That's going to be the big big question on them. All right. Uh, there was an incident that happened at the end of the Raiders Chiefs game. The Raiders had a chance to win the game in their one point loss to the Chiefs. Um, they should have won that game, I believe. Uh, but Adams collided with fellow receiver Hunter Renifro in that game. Uh, he came off the field, slammed his helmet, and then proceeded to shove uh, Ryan Zedley, I think is how you say his name. <laughs> <laughs> to the ground, who is said to be a freelance photographer working within ESPN's Monday Night Football crew. Uh, he claimed that he suffered whiplash, headaches, and a possible concussion because um, it looked like he actually he did hit his head, uh, the back of his head, actually. So I, I don't know if there's a, a protocol for that with with the actual like workers, you know, uh, who are working the games, but. Adams was charged with misdemeanor assault for the shove. And if he's convicted, he could face a jail term of up to six months or a fine of up to $1,000. So Joe, although the investigation is still ongoing with this incident, from what we know already, was this the proper punishment handed down to Adams and potential punishment to come? But if not, how should it have been handled? if that wasn't the proper punishment handed to him. No, I, I, I think we need to kind of look at, and it's kind of, we talk about the scrutiny of the NFL. This is going to become, become scrutiny on these players and their off the field actions because all, for all intents and purposes, this is off the field. This is not in the game. 
this is Adams allowing his emotions to kind of make uh, allowing his emotions to make a decision on his actions when he shouldn't have. I mean, the kid was the kid was a college student too, walking right in front of him, um, and just got you know if you see the video too, the kid should not have been there, but Devonte Adams also has to kind of look at it and be like let him go like there's no re no reason just because there was you're, you're, there was no reason for that I, no. I think there was no reason for that shove i mean and that's i why understand he, and, the tensions are high you're you're pissed off after especially after a one point loss like that to a team yeah. that should have beat i get that but i mean you have to treat these guys you have to think that you have to treat these guys like you know just you know regular like citizens you know what i mean like regular yeah. like everyday citizens because that's assault you know what I mean? Like yeah. to, to shove somebody like that. But yeah, no, I think uh um you'll see uh some fines coming down. He was charged with a misdemeanor, a misdemeanor assault, right? So I mean he's going to court on over November 10th for it. You'll you'll see what happens. I think I think the NFL should definitely step in and, and fine him as well for his actions like under the brand he just like he's wearing an nfl uniform i think the nfl needs to step he's in he's representing say, the league I yeah mean, he's repre- and he's supposed to be one of the best wide receivers in the league i think the league needs to step in and say it's one thing like the nfl has the worst reputation for its athletes and how they have a history of having violent crimes we you obviously want to steer away from that this is a whole other thing because this is the first time we've ever seen it get this bad where a guy's wearing physically wearing his NFL uniform. Yeah. We're letting these guys, we're letting a lot of these guys kind of get away with a lot of stuff. And I think the NFL is going to put a hard foot down when you're like, no, you cannot be assaulting people when you're wearing an NFL uniform in a stadium that has what 50, probably 50, 60,000 people in it. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's, it, and as again, as a, prof- a professional in sports media, I understand how all this works. And I can tell you, that guy was fully aware of where Devontae was and knew what he was doing and was going to get around him. Right. He was, he was, it looked like he was trying to get actually get out of the way. I mean, yes. he was like, he just saw Devontae coming quick and, you know, obviously wrong place at the wrong time, but still like he made the and effort to, to try and get out of the way. These guys, we, us, the photographers, they, they put themselves in a position to not only get the best content, but also not interfere with the game. That's one of the things you're taught at a very early age in, in journalism school is you need to insert yourself into the game without having any sort of effect on it, right? Whether it be in a football game when you're right out hugging that sideline and making sure you are nowhere near a referee or even post-game when you're letting the team get off, but you still want to get a photo of them going through the tunnel head-on, right? It's it, it, He knew what he was doing, and he was doing, he was doing a very good job of letting Devontae Adams get by him. Yeah, he probably got a little too close, but like you said, like he's reacting – to probably Devontae popping up quicker than he thought he was. Dude, At the end of the day, you, you don't shove someone just because you got you, – like, you put yourself in any other scenario in life mm-hmm. where you you graze somebody because you weren't, you weren't paying attention or they weren't paying attention. That doesn't give anyone right to just, you know, uh, uh, 
physically assert your dominance over them. Right. And that's what it was, too. It was Devontae Adams showing, like, what are you doing? I'm Devontae Adams, I think. Right. Yeah. And from what I understand, too, he had a pretty, like, it was pretty, like, looked like a heavy, like, clunky kind of, you know, camera. Yeah. You know, that he was holding, like, on a some kind of, some sort of, like, tripod. And you see Devontae try and, like, say that he was, like, near his locker or something when it happened? I, I, I Devontae Adams released a statement saying, like, how the guy was, like, following him to his locker or something like that. And um, how he had been and following the whole time. And, then, like, there's clearly a video of that not happening. So he's del- he's he was trying deleted- to make up a story. Yeah, he's since deleted the story. But he had tweeted it out on like a, a notes post, and it's not there anymore. I did not hear about that actually. Um, Steve, how do you think Josh McDaniels handled the situation? Kind of, you know, coming out and stating publicly, you know, he supports. Um, well, not I shouldn't say supports. He just said Devonte Adams is, you know, is a, is a good guy and. Um, you know, this this sort of thing, you know, they just want to just move past this sort of thing. Honestly, I think she was suspended at least two games and take his money away from him. <clears throat> I mean, the guy is trying to do his job, taking photog- you know, taking pictures, just run down the, into the tunnel, get into your locker room. Um, uh, I think it was just nasty, and I was sick to my stomach seeing that. Um, of course, McDaniel's going to come out and say and protect his player because he's a coach. Of course, it's going to happen, but isn't like this just the old Raiders way of nothing ever good goes to, for them and they're always in there's the always for some something. kind of yeah there's always some always kind of some like commotion. sketchy sketchy business going on I feel like it, it's unbelievable um no I think you know listen to Joe that was great I know you guys do you know you and Brian both learned journalism and then it was nice to hear but I, I just felt bad for the guy and it could have been worse how about if he broke his neck on the fall? I mean, how, how this really would have happened and, and his punishment. Yeah. It's, it's very mean, sickening. Yeah. I'm not defending Adams at all. I just, it's, it's terrible. Yeah. I, w- I, mean, I want to clear up. Try to make a living and try and do the best he can to his job. I want to clear up real quick. Uh, he made, it was uh, from an article where he was talking at his locker. The guy didn't follow him to his locker. Um, but basically, it was just like a half-assed apology. He basically said the guy jumped in front of him, and he reacted and bumped into him, kind of pushed him, and he and he ended up on the ground. So it was almost like Devontae being like, I reacted, and then the guy ended up on the ground somehow, and I guess I have to apologize for it. It was very much like not taking any of the blame whatsoever, which is infuriating in its own right because you're an NFL player, like, you know how many cameras you're one of you're one of the best wide receivers in the league. There's always a camera on you. Yeah. Don't try and lie about what actually happened. It's right on video. Yeah. Oh, they caught everything. Yeah. yeah. The fact that the guy suffered whiplash, headaches, and even like a possible I mean, I wouldn't even be surprised if he had a, a concussion from that because it did look like he hit the back of his head. Um I Let mean, me ask that's, you this. If he was that's just disgusting. Right now, would, he, uh, would he be getting released or suspended? Suspended. No under, way. A Bel- under a Belichick way right now. 
Oh, no, I don't even think Belichick would release them. But he'll do something for punishment, though. Yeah, it would be in house. They wouldn't release that. And I don't think I don't think the Raiders are gonna I don't think the Raiders would punish him. I think he's gonna get a punishment from the league and that's it. He's yeah. too good. All right. Well, still continuing with the Raiders. Uh they're one and four um in all four of their losses thus far in the season. They have not lost a single game by more than six points, uh, which basically included Six-point loss to the Cardinals, which happened in overtime, mind you. Five-point loss to the Chargers, two-point loss to the Titans, and the one-point loss to the Chiefs on Monday night that we just discussed. Steve, we're going to stay with you on this matter. Uh, this is a team that you picked to win the AFC West. Um, I think we bring it up every show. Yeah, you um, do. But the Raiders are <laughs> – I mean, are, are the, is this Raiders team – a, a a really good team that's just having bad luck right now. I mean, and and with that, is Josh McDaniel's job uh, safe with all this going on? I mean, as you can tell, talent wise, they're there. I mean, they'll just quick, you know, all these close games and you know within six points, like he said. Um, you know, a couple plays there it could be maybe four and one too uh, with this Raiders team, but. Yeah, I mean, it's too much McDaniels. You know, first year learning on the job. Uh, no, it was the second year. Oh, wait, what do you do? How many years with the Broncos? This is his first year with the Raiders. Yeah, this is his first. No, no, yeah. I'm saying coaching-wise, head coach-wise. I think he was uh, – I'm not sure. But, uh, no, I, he's, I don't know. It's a good question. So, I still a learning curve, Um, but I – I don't know. Maybe it's just the Raider curse they have of – can't get over the hump with this team. Um, but why? The Chiefs though? Like, are that good. It, can't, I don't know what it is. I mean, their car's making plays, and then it's just bad losses. Uh, let so me let explain. me ask you this though, Steve. Would you have gone for two in that in that Chiefs game? No, tie, I know you go for a tie. So that falls point. that falls on McDaniel's then. Yes. Well, no, no, it does. Maybe it's too much over his you know over his head on this team. Do you think he's trying to like almost like play catch up in a way? Like he's just trying to just instead of like going for the tie and you know. Yeah, I'm sure he's trying to win the game. You don't want to lose division. How many you know? How many games are back now? And yeah, one and one and four in in. Just trying I mean, to make up games. Yeah, the AFC West division is still up for grabs. I mean, nobody's really running away with it, but to be down one and four in that division, especially with like a, a Broncos team that we already discussed, you know, really is like a head scratcher thus far in the season. I mean, that's that's it doesn't. I mean, it's look my fault going against the, the Raiders. Raiders. Reed. Probably shouldn't go against them. Yeah, I mean the the Chiefs. <laughs> I personally still think the Chiefs are the best team in, in the league. I mean, I'm still going to stick by them and remain by them as as a team that, yeah, I mean, they just they have all the talent. I mean – Well, we'll see what their matchup this week. We'll talk about that later. Yeah, of course. But, I mean, the fact that, you know, uh, Travis Kelsey, four touchdowns in that game. Um, and to think I almost came back and, and won in fantasy football too <laughs> – but which is crazy. I end up losing by two, but um, Joe, what are your thoughts on, on Josh McDaniels in in the Raiders situation right now? 
No, I mean, I, I don't really have too much to add because Steve hit everything on the head. I think, you know, a few more, a few, uh, I think it's a lot of clock management too, right? I mean, you, you keep the ball out of Patrick Mahomes hands for another minute or two, or, you know, you, you get one or two bounces that go your way. I mean, last week is one point. I mean, you're right. They could have easily been four and one. Now they're one and four and, you know, they're at the bottom of that division where we were saying it's the best division in football, but you have the chiefs, the chargers are dealing with, you know, some injuries and stuff, especially with Herbert playing through like some broken ribs or bruised ribs. The Broncos are dealing with Nathaniel Hackett and all that Russell Wilson craziness. And then you have the Raiders, right? A, t- a division that we were hyping up so much really isn't showing a whole lot right now. And, and you look at the Raiders' stats, they have 125 points scored for them this year, 130 points allowed. They're breaking even. I mean, the Chargers aren't doing that. The Broncos are are have the same point differential. It, it, it very easily could be Chiefs-Raiders in the standings. And just because of a few bounces that didn't go their way, they're now at the bottom of that pretty handily, and they're going to have to make some changes going forward. Or maybe, maybe they this stretch of games soon will let them kind of open up a little bit. They get the Texans, they get the Texans next, so maybe that's a a game where they can really start figuring some stuff out, depending on if Devontae's with them or not. Let me add on what Joe said too. Did you watch the end of that game? How they just kept throwing the ball deep, like three plays in a row. You're down one. Why don't you just get a field goal position? Give yourself a chance. Yeah. Play the game when when Adams ref like ran into each other. He was just throwing the ball deep. Yeah. It all goes back to play calling. Just get in a field goal position, trying to make your kicker see if you can win the game. Not only that, you know, not not that they should have just run the ball in the final you know minutes like that, but but the running running game was actually working yeah the running game was actually working for the raiders i mean jacobs went nuts in that game i mean he had himself a a night but yeah it's just it all goes back to to play calling with that and with josh mcdaniels you would think you know offensive minded um had many of those great years with um the patriots i don't know i'm just i'm kind of at a loss right now with with the raiders bring the broncos a t-bowl to the playoffs I think, yeah, I think he did. I think you're right. As as head coach, right? Is that what yeah. you're saying? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Speaking of if head coaching jobs are safe or not, Matt Rule's job was apparently not safe. He was fired by the Panthers earlier this week. He ended his tenure with the team at one and four. Joe. Was this too early for Matt Rule to go? I, I, it's tough to say, but they did it. And if you've seen the reactions from the Panthers locker room, they're not crazy about it. They, everything coming out of there is, is that we love Rule and we are upset that he's gone. It's not like it was a divided locker room that was against their coach. McCaffrey came out and said they loved, they loved him. Um, you know, the, their current quarterback, Walker, who's taking over for her, uh, her Baker Mayfield, came out and said, you know, this is going to affect my play because of the amount of trust and how shocked I am that he's gone. Um, Doesn't some of it fall on, on Mayfield's shoulders, though, the way he's been playing lately and just can't seem to get it together? For sure. I mean, that's a, it's 
yeah, I, I definitely think it falls on his shoulders. I mean, he left the la- he left uh, that 49ers game with a high ankle sprain, so we don't know if he'll be back to kind of right his ship. But I mean, how much how much of a how how much blame do you put on Baker Mayfield on a guy who was forced out of his last team and, and had a lot of question marks? I mean, is it, how much of a blame is that to put on him if you kind of knew that he might not work out this year? Is that is that a fair is he a fair scapegoat or I don't know I I I think that Rule should have been given more time, but I think what hurts more is the effect it has on the locker room as a whole. Yeah, I I think as far as Baker Mayfield goes, I think this is your chance. It's it's a new beginning for you. It's a chance to start fresh and start over. And I had some you know decent expectations you know, for him coming into the season. I mean, this is a team that I had as a wild card, you know, and a big part of that was because of Baker. And, you know, I wasn't, I was never a huge fan of the guy, but I always thought like, you know, maybe with like a good team, a good system, you know, maybe like there's a chance, you know, maybe you can get things going, you know, give, give a team an opportunity to, to go pretty far in the playoffs and, but it's just, man, when I watch him, it's just making bad throws, bad decisions. Like he's, you know, at times he's like even holding on to the ball too long. I don't know if it's, you know, we talked about that offensive line before for the Panthers. I know it wasn't like the greatest, but I mean, still like, it's not like he's got like nobody around him. He's got DJ Moore. He's got Robbie Anderson. He's got Christian McCaffrey for, for a running back. I mean, it's yeah. not like he's got nobody around him. Now I heard this this morning. I thought it was a good point. Um, you think Matt Rule's agent went to the Panthers? And goes, listen, we're we're probably not gonna be good this year. Why don't you just you know get rid of me? And then because there's a lot of college jobs open, isn't Nebraska needs a coach? There's some jobs that he could go back to college to, and goes, listen, until I find a job, and you don't have to pay me anymore. So I wonder if that was maybe an option too with him. That's why I heard this morning about his agent going to the owner goes, just get rid of him so I can get a job in, in college. You think he would do that for an NFL job though? You think why not? Would... I mean mid mid season though? That doesn't I mean, make do, any sense. Do you think he'll do any better though? Uh, you think he was gonna turn around? No, but do you think I don't think that, I don't think that any doesn't col- make any think, sense to me? I, I, I don't, don't think, think any college program brings him in right now. No, no but now they'll give him an opportunity to get a head start interviews or Maybe it wasn't built to be a college to, coach. To, it, it felt like another Urban Meyer situation. Watch, you're going to get a, you know, an experienced head coach, maybe like Sean Payton to go down there because their owner has so much money with Carolina. And maybe it'll turn the team around, like how Peterson's doing with Jacksonville. To use that as leverage, though, like to use an NFL head coaching job as leverage, I mean, first of all, to me, that's that's not right. I, I don't think I don't believe in that. I, I think that's just like that's he's a, leverage, but if if you're his agent, you're gonna tell the owner, like if you're gonna fire him, why don't you just do it now so I can go get interviews? I that's I I always kind of go to the fact of these guys don't want to be fired. Like I just think naturally as, as humans, we don't want to be fired from jobs. I mean, it's tough for me to believe that Rule and his agent go to the Panthers and say Hey, fire me because I want a different job. Because and, obviously, and if, and if that's the case, well, no, that's, not that's fire a, him. But you could go up to the owner. And goes, are you going to fire him this season? If the agent, you're going to ask the owner, are you just going to fire him if you don't 
make the playoffs or this or that. And then, you know, give him opportunity to get interviews with other, if he wants to go back to college, now he has opportunity. Yeah, I definitely, I definitely understand. I just, I don't know. I think, I don't, I think ultimately most of these guys want to be NFL coaches, obviously. But he did well in college, Matt Rule. A a lot of them go back to college after their NFL. You know, I'm looking at, you know, Nick Saban and, and a bunch of these guys who, uh, you know, had NFL coaching jobs and quickly went back to college. But I think in their whole hearts of hearts, they, they would rather be a NFL coach if it, it, they can find I, the right I spot. think so, too, because well, I actually – paid well being college, though. Yeah, they you – know, if, not, if not better. If, you know, I, I think Nick Saban's getting paid – it depends on what it depends on what Miami. yeah it depends on what program. Would you be surprised in. if Nebraska hires Matt Rule uh, this week or next week? Would any yes. be surprised? I would be this very, week or next I would week. Be very I'd be surprised. Yeah, I would be. If very they hired surprised. him, if he got a college job in the offseason, no. Like I, I, I would be shocked if any team hired Matt Rule. Any college football program hired. They did him have a right good record when he was coaching, <laughs> but that's fine. You're you're not dealing with. This is the thing that you're you're dealing with in college football that you're not dealing with in the NFL is you're dealing with 18-year-old kids. Yeah. Matt Rule is not going to be able to go into a college locker room and manage and manage expectations with a group of kids who are also balancing ho- ho- their hormones and homework and everything else. That's and that's why guys like Urban Meyer find success in college and not the NFL because you're not managing kids in the NFL. You're managing adults who understand how to carry a job. You, I do not think any college football program is going to throw an adult in front of a bunch of kids and say, this is your new coach. You have to listen to him, and you have to do everything he says. Yeah, I, 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 mean, I mean, if that were true, it would just be a very, very odd situation. I, I, I think it would – and that would, that would be a weird way of, like, conducting that kind of business too, I yeah. think. Um, I just – uh, yeah, but I, but I mean, to kind of go along with Steve's point a little bit, we've seen crazier kind of stuff going on in the NFL. Look at the Dolphins literally to, offering Tom Brady Tom Brady ownership stakes to play quarterback for them. So I mean, no, there could there after you hear that, there's definitely a world where Matt Rule requested to be fired so he can go start early interview jobs like for college jobs. I definitely like. When you put those two and two, you're like, oh, you know, the league is doing some shady stuff as is. So what's one coach requesting to be fired? I mean, when you put it in that context, then I could see it. Like, I I, I guess anything goes in the NFL at that point. Yeah. I just wanted to point out, too, you know, the fact that we just touched upon Nick Saban, too. I mean, Nick Saban is regarded as, like, the greatest college football coach of all time. I mean, look what he's done with Alabama and mm-hmm. you know, hey, Matt Rule's a big into. 12 coach a year in 19 with Baylor. But with, with yeah, but with Nick Saban though, I mean, he even came out and said, you know, I, I was like the the documentary I think it, he was in with uh, Bill Belichick. Um he even came out and said because both of them coached together. He was an assistant under Bill uh, with the Cleveland Browns. I mean, that was a job that, you know, he wish, you know, 
he wished the Browns never folded, basically, never or not folded, but moved to Baltimore to become the Ravens. I mean, he said that was like one of the like he was so thankful for that experience, you know, and and had you know that was some of the hardest work I think he was saying that he ever did. Like, but it was like all worth it. Like he learned the most. I think is what he said um, Steve, from having me, that job. Steve, give me three coaches you think are on the hot seat now that Rule's gone. If Matt Rule can get fired, what are, give me you both of you, but I mean I was just giving laying it up I, for Steve. Uh, I think Ron Rivera be one. That's my number one. With I that think mess he's, right now. I have yeah, to I, I would, think, he, I would I think say, he's next. I would say Ron Rivera too. I mean, look at all the one in four teams. It's the Steelers. And the guy the, from Denver. What's his name there? I think he's in his first year. I mean, Matt Rule. It just what, look like it's a mess, though. It does look like a. I agree. I, I agree with Steve on that one. That team is a mess right, right now. That guy looks like he has no clue what he's doing in Denver, and that's a total head scratcher up there. It was definitely yeah. he was definitely up there for me, but like it's still his first year. I almost want to say like, watch how it pans out. I mean, I I definitely would say right now of the coaches, I think he's up there, but. Um, and Frank Wright in Indianapolis. Be that was one. that was my guy. It's either Ron Rivera or Frank Reich. Guys who I, have been I with agree. Their, I agree with all with three their of team, those. The boot, guys who have been with their teams for an extended amount of time haven't really had a like major success. Vabel's an all, have, Mike Vabel's no one if he wasn't winning the last couple of weeks. Yeah, yeah. That was a guy that was on the was teetering. I've yeah. got a cra- I've got a crazy one for you guys. I've got a crazy one, and. I will kind of give you my whole thought process. And Mike Tomlin. No, I, I can't see now. He's been so one in four record, just like all these other guys. And yes, he has a ton of success with the Steelers. 16th year. Do you say, all right, we, the Ben Roethlisberger era is over. <laughs> we have to kind of clean house and say, we, we, whatever we're doing right now isn't working. We tried no, Mitch, they, but let me let me ask you. They love him. They yeah, love but him yeah, but Joe, and I think he's a great coach. I do not think he should be fired. Uh, yeah, I think when can, Joe, I, think, I was going to ask you. I think actually, he started a whole season. I think he should start from the get go. Yeah, okay, Joe, I was actually going to yeah, say Trubisky. too with Mike Tomlin. How often do the Steelers change head coaches? Oh gosh, he's been there for twenty years. Twenty five. He's been there sixteen years. So yeah. Well, was Collar twenty? Yeah. I mean, Steelers are not known to go from head coach to head coach to head coach. I mean, once they have a guy, it's like they really stick with that guy and they believe in that guy. If he ever became available, there were so many teams firing coaches for him. It wouldn't be funny. Well, hundred percent, no. And to get he's still young, he's still a young guy too, so he can stay in the league for a he's, while. He's a great coach. I've always they liked him. Mike Tomlin. Tomlin. The same year, looking for jobs, that'd be one of the greatest off seasons. Let's be clear. I'm not saying Mike Tomlin deserves to be fired. No, no. I, I do think he's a great coach. I'm saying from looking at it from what we've discussed, teams that are one and four are kind of having a messy quarterback situation. I don't think Mitch is a guy. I don't think Kenny Pickett's the guy either. To be honest, you'll get a messy quarterback situation. You look at a one and four record. What teams are that? Steelers, Panthers, Commanders. So they all fit that bill. Yeah, but you look at you look at the Texans. Lovey Smith's not going anywhere. You look at the Lions. Dan Campbell's not going anywhere. No, you know Dan I mean? Campbell. No, one hundred percent. And I think Dan Campbell and 
Dan Campbell, I can't speak for Lovey. I've, I haven't, I didn't, he, they weren't the hard knocks team, but I can tell you, I think the Lions are heading in the right direction because those guys love Dan Campbell. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. hard not to love him after watching what he did in hard knocks. But what about um, Zach Taylor? Bengals, two and three record. Should be, I mean, does no. that, how no, much I think the injuries are off the line? I think, I think they, he has. No, I think they won't do anything with him. No, yeah, he just brought them to the Super Bowl. I know there's a lot no. of pressure to get back, but before Joe Burrow, proven. before Joe Burrow was there, Zach Taylor was six twenty-five and one. I think they like Bur- the combination of him and Joe Burrow together. But yeah, no, but that I was mean, before they got Joe Burrow, though, right? No, that no, was I before said, I think like Joe Burrow came in. He had six wins. He was in. 32 games, he had six wins. Well, it shows you what Joe Burrow does for you. It shows exactly, for your team. exactly. Yeah. And if you get a coach in there who maybe is a better play caller, because one of T- Taylor's biggest gripes against him is that he's a predictable play caller. Like everyone says that. So, and by the way, I think the Steelers made a mistake, and they should have got Russell Wilson. I think that would have been an awesome fit with him and Tomlin together. Yeah, no, 100%. They did. And, and they could have got a quarterback and like pick it and just learn from him. Yeah. But they didn't, and now no, there's and now and now Steelers won't sign anybody big. Sometimes they won't. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think it's interesting to look at what the co- what kind of coaching carousels go on right now. I think he's the safest well one win team is Tomlin. Oh yeah, well, yeah. Steelers aren't going to get rid of him. A hundred percent. I was just raising the question no, I think, because no, the Steelers. I would question that too. No, it's a, it's, a, it's a legitimate question because they are, yeah, they're one and four, and they had they're in this quarterback situation right now with Pickett. Where what? Okay, if they bring in another quarterback, let's let's just say next season they bring in who do you want to say? Let's just say uh, who who is a guy that might be a free agent next year? We we'll just say a random quarterback. They bring in oh fuck it, well, they bring in Russell Wilson. Somehow Russell Wilson ends up on the Steelers. He's a year, another year older, and they go six and eleven. What do you say? And don't forget, Tomlin's eight and nine in the playoffs. So losing record in the playoffs. Next year they go six eleven. Don't make the playoffs with a good. I quarterback. think if they go two or three, not making the playoffs. I think he'll be gone. Yeah, because I think with, they want to see with what, what with what, a couple of different quarterbacks. I think yeah. whatever. Wh- I think they want to see what's going to happen after the Ben Roethlisberger era. That's why I think they want to see like you know two to three years, like how the team fares. You know, like I what think direction they go in. The big thing of what this conversation is kind of hitting on is, and Ron Rivera mentioned it is, you need you need a consistently good quarterback. Carson Wentz, you know, I don't know if it was necessarily right for him to come out and say what he said about Carson Wentz, but but yeah, Car- Carson Wentz is who's that kid they had that was playing good for him? Uh, what was his name last year, a couple of years ago during the playoffs with Haskins? No, um, what but Haskins was wasn't Haskins like that last good quarterback? No, it was the other one that made they were in the playoff run, uh, I Robert can't. Griffin the third. No, um. Do you I see know what Robert, Steve's talking about? I just can't think of his name. Do you see right RG3 beat that Falcon on a run? Or Hawk? Taylor. <laughs> I didn't see that. My Taylor guy Hanke. still got it. Oh, right. Taylor Hanke. That was like last year. Oh, Heine- Heineke or? Heine- no, it was Heineke. Taylor Hanke. Taylor Hanke. I thought it was yeah, like no. Heineke. I'm saying no. he actually showed some guts and played quarterback, and they were 
Yeah, and they were the playoffs. they were kind of rallying around it. But I think that was I think a, better guys. Win. Guys, we, I think we, that was a Cooper Rush. I think that was like a Cooper Rush incident. I don't think that's like we, I think he was a good backup quarterback. Listen, we all know the real reason why the Commanders are bad. Okay, it's it's the uniforms and it's the name. They it just it that's bringing the team down. Nobody wants to play for for those jerseys and, and that name. I think Josh McDaniels is also going to be on the hot seat soon. Yeah. I mean, because I wouldn't he has, be surprised because he has Derek Carr and he did have Devontae Adams. So I don't know if his owner's last name is Davis. What's that have to do with it? And his owner's last name is Davis. So they're, they fire <laughs> every coach. Oh, all right. I didn't, I didn't get that joke. <laughs> all right. We're moving on. The NFC East is becoming the NFC beast again. And to much surprise, too. <laughs> the Eagles are still the only remaining undefeated team at five and zero. The Giants are surprising everyone at four and one with not many well-known names on their roster, and the Cowboys' defense is carrying them with the backup quarterback tied with the Giants at four and one as well. So, Steve, this is all yours, your team, your division. Why does the NFC East have the most wins? Fourteen altogether in its division as arguably the best division in the league currently. Because defense is uh, winning games for all of them. Um, I think all three teams got really good defense and uh, just their coaching, everything, quarterback play. They're not making any mistakes. Uh, they're playing clean football. I mean, this, might, think, this week might defense... be the biggest Sunday night game with Eagles and the Cowboys playing against each other. But you think Eagle, you think defense is the, the thing that's winning it for the Eagles though? Like that's standing out the most. I'm mean, besides the high scoring game they had with Detroit, but everything else has been playing well. I think Jalen Hurts could do no I, wrong. No, and they're <laughs> running the football. Yeah, he's been playing so good. The guy, all three teams the are running the football just, too. The guy will kill you, like any other any way he can't, like with his feet, with his arm. Like he's just he's being smart. Well, this week's his biggest test against the Cowboys defense. It it will be, but I mean, and it could. Who knows? It could be their first loss of the season. I mean, we we don't know, but Jalen Hurts. I mean, MVP candidate, a hundred percent. Do you guys think? Yeah, Steve. I think him or Mahomes. I know. Yeah, I know. You, you were thinking of somebody else, like in the back of your mind. Like I feel like you were thinking of, like, I mean, yeah, Mahomes is. I think that's an obvious, but Daniel um, Jones, Lamar Jackson, <laughs> Lamar, Lamar Jack. I mean, Lamar Jackson's start to his season has been crazy. So I think he's him and Patrick Mahomes are always going to be in the conversation. What about Kyler Murray? No, I no. What do you think he needs to do to get kind of get in that conversation? Play more Just Madden. Or no, not Madden, uh, Call of Duty. Todd? No, he needs to play less. Because remember, double XP weekends are when he plays bad. But maybe, I don't know, the new one's coming out. It could be good for him. I mean, you never know. It could change things around. I mean, I don't do know what they added to it. but How much of the NFC East team's schedules kind of factors into this? Because, I mean, I'm looking at, was playing around with their schedule. The only team that's had a really, I mean, the Eagles and Cowboys have had the had the tougher schedules. I mean, the Eagles had to beat the Vikings, Jaguars, and Cardinals to get to their where they are, and they beat the Commanders. 
And the Cowboys have had to play some tough teams too, but I think Giants the, have the easiest schedule. The Giants have had the easiest schedule. They beat the Titans by one point, the Panthers by three. They lost to the Cowboys by a touchdown. And they yeah, beat the, the Bears. Bears. Yeah. They beat the Bears by eight. Yeah. And I then would, they I would agree and with then that. they and then you go but this is the most impressive win was what just happened. A hundred percent. They you get they get that Packers win, and suddenly I'm saying, Oh, okay, they are playing a tough schedule and they're doing okay. But I mean they still the the schedule itself, they still had one, two, three teams under five hundred. Well, I don't know what the Packers are, but I think it's three teams under five hundred. Uh Listen, I, I'm not going to take any credit away from the Giants. I think they've been playing very, very no. well and very, very surprised. Like, I'm very surprised at actually how well they've been playing. And But I'm not going to take any credit away from them. But at the same time, I mean, we look at the Green Bay Packer team. I mean, that is definitely not the same Green Bay Packer team that we've been seeing. No. And, and I think Rodgers has definitely reached a point, like a, a, a frustration point to where, like, okay, guys – this is not working for us. I mean, they're three and two. They yeah. have a winning record, but that's not the same Green Bay Packer team that we're used to seeing. And obviously, Devontae Adams not being there is playing a big, a huge part in that, I think. Because you're missing that one, you know, go-to reliable guy. You know, like that that deep threat, too. But, but again, I don't want to take anything away from the Giants. I mean, this the, I'm very surprised at how well they're doing but you know they also deserve it i think i think they do because they're they're playing hard their defense is helping them big time i think Dabo, steve i mean you could speak to this Dabo is he he's the guy for that team i think he's a no bs kind of guy and he gets his guys you know playing the way they're supposed to play he's, he's very you know he disciplines them gets them in line and what does that remind you of, Steve? I think Steve needs to let, be let back in. I think he, he he dropped out. Oh, we lost we lost Steve. Yeah, he just texted the group. <laughs> I was uh, I was all excited because uh, you know have I was... to repeat the whole thing for him. <laughs> I gotta I gotta repeat the whole thing for Steve. All right, we're gonna wait for Steve to actually get back in here. Um, I think he's back in now. But. Steve, he gave a goddamn monologue for you, and you weren't here. <laughs> I gave, I gave this my nice big right speech. Off. I gave this nice big speech, and I'm like, oh man, Steve, like he, he didn't like it. Like he's, he, I said something wrong, probably. It booted but, right off. Well, and no, you give was, us give us the cliff notes of it, so we yeah, don't I'll give you the cliff notes. Game. No, I'm not taking anything away from the Giants. <laughs> now, obviously, it's not the same Green Bay Packer team that we're used to seeing, but. But at the same time, yeah, the Giants have been playing hard. Their defense has been helping to carry them big time. I mean, and Steve, you could speak to this. Dabble is he's the guy for this team. He's he gets the guys in line and gets them to play. He's he disciplines them. And who does that remind you of? What Bill coaches? Parcells? No. Uh, Tom Coughlin. Tom yes, Coughlin. Tom Coughlin. A no BS kind of guy. You know, somebody like if you're, you know being on time for a meeting or practice is being five minutes early, you know, like, like that kind of guy. Like I see that dabble. I think he's the the guy for this team. I mean, he's proven that right now. Now, if the giants were to go on and, you know, lose the rest of the games of their season, I mean, I'd probably be really surprised. <laughs> but, you know, the I funny mean, thing is about this too, with the giants, 
all the Gettleman players they picked up are actually playing well. Besides like Galladay, but all these other guys that he drafted are actually playing well too. But but the big thing that we're seeing with this giant team is what I already mentioned, you know, already is is there are not a lot of big name guys on this roster. I mean, with the exception of Barkley, you know, and, oh, well, and this, maybe well, look a couple what happens defensive guys. You have a real head coach and a defensive corner, and you're always in the games. Right. He's getting these guys to actually play. I mean, and they're they're winning. So this is usually – I feel like the Giants do really well when they're in these kinds of situations. I mean, we, we've seen it with Coughlin, you know, where Coughlin got his guys to play. And, I mean, yeah, remember, they had, he has Spagnuolo as a coordinator, which he was aggressive like Wink is right now. They're kind of similar. Yeah. Spagnuolo blitz every time with the Giants. Yeah. I mean, you got to put the pressure on the quarterback, you know, especially when you're playing Tom Brady in, in the Patriots. But I, it, there's just something different or, you know, there's different about the Giants, but at the same time, it reminds me of like those Coughlin teams in a way too. It's like nobody expected to do them to do anything. You know, they go all the way, they win the Super Bowl. It's like, I don't know. You know, could you guys see this giant team in the playoffs? Uh, I get, uh, I get, I get big uh, Tony Sperano live uh, vibes from Brian Dabble. Yeah, they're, they're very similar. You remember I don't, Tony I don't know how I, Yeah, I do. Yeah, I coached the Dolphins. I, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I, I did not forget that guy. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. Hard, though. I like him because he sounded like Tony Soprano. <laughs> yeah, it kind of made me think of that. Um, yeah, I don't know, Joe. That's an, that's a really interesting point. I mean, I don't know if I get the same vibes, but... I got to say, if the Giants win this week, I'd be really excited for the season because these are the two toughest weeks. Yeah. If you beat Packers and you beat Baltimore, I think it's very impressive. Yeah. Well, we'll see, though. We'll see what happens. And our corner is the best in no Lamar. He was with them. Yeah. Joe, any final thoughts about the NFC uh, East turning into NFC Beast? Um, no, I think fly Eagles fly. Where are those Kelly green uniforms, right? Yeah. As soon as we see those they're I think they're going to finish like 15 and two. Wow. Once they start wearing the Kelly green. All right. You heard it here first 15 and wait, what'd you say? 15 and two. Yeah. The Eagles. Oh, you heard it here first from, from Joe. All right. We're going to switch gears now to our favorite all-time touchdown dances and celebrations from the mile-high salute to Chad Johnson proposing to a cheerleader. We're going to share with you our favorite all-time touchdown dances and celebrations. We're only going to choose our top three touchdown dances and celebrations, though. Um, And these can be from any time period or, or error in the NFL, whether that's using the pylon as a prop or, or taking your leather helmet off and throwing it into the crowd. I, I don't know when that, that happened or if it ever happened, but um, so we're going to do our, our top three picks draft style. Um, and after Joe put all of our names into a hat, I was uh, the unfortunate one to be picked first. Uh, then Steve and then Joe and and guys, I think we agreed that we're gonna do like like snake, right? Snake draft. Oh, we don't have to. I don't care. Whatever we want to do. 
I mean, yeah, we might as well. I guess we'll do. We just, we'll, Steve, we'll do... you just can't get lost in the snake. <laughs> I'm confused. <laughs> so <laughs> that's for... why I sing, that's why I singled him out because I knew he was the guy we had to be worried about getting lost. <laughs> All right, for my for my first pick, um, so we are going to start with the third pick and then work our way to the first. Um, so for my my first pick, which is my third on my list <laughs> for my first pick which is my third I don't want to I don't want to I don't want to confuse Steve even more but <laughs> I I have uh I have Terrell Owens with the with the pom-poms I mean that was just I, I loved everything about that I mean kind of just like wasn't expecting that was laughing my butt off forever with that just kind of spontaneous and I mean, how could you not have Terrell Owens in in your top three? I mean, that just that was great. I mean, you know, he I don't know if you guys have these other ones too from Terrell Owens, you know, but you know, he it was the signing the ball with the Sharpie and in the don't give two, don't give all the picks away. Don't give all the I won't, picks. all right, all right, I'll stop there. But that, yeah, the pom poms, Terrell Owens, that's what I have for pick number three. Good pick. Good pick. Uh, so my number three, I'm going uh, with my home team with the Giants. I'm going with my classic uh, Tiki Barber blowing a kiss every time he scored a touchdown. Oh, um, okay. For some reason, I just I thought it was pretty cool. He gets, you know, he beats the runner, beats the defense, and it's all by himself. And he just blows a kiss, and the camera gets it, and the whole stadium sees it. Um, so that'll be my third pick. I'm going with the Tiki Barber. For some reason, Steve always wanted Tiki Barber to blow him a kiss. I did. I wish I was in the crowd. <laughs> oh, man. Um. So my first pick is going to be uh, Joe Horn making the phone call, um, planting a phone under the upright. And I think it was Monday, Monday, Monday Night Football, where after he scores a touchdown, he runs over, lifts up the padding under the upright, and pulls out a cell phone and makes a call uh, on the field while the camera's following him. Just one of the more absurd moments in a football game I've ever witnessed live. Um, and you know it's a good celebration when you're fined thirty thousand dollars for it. So, oh man, that was. I, was I guess what team he was playing about against? That one. Was he playing against the Giants? Yep. Oh. oh wow, that was was that what year was that? Was that 03? Uh, yeah, probably. Like 02 or like 01, I feel like. It was, was it was a while ago. 2003. Oh, geez, that long ago. That's crazy. Top, top moment in my life. <laughs> All right, uh, Joe, you're up again. Yeah, you, so for the second pick. With my second pick, I'm going to do one that you guys, I assumed was on both your guys' list was uh, – the Randy Moss Moon. Oh, um, you stole yeah. my pick at, at Green Bay. You stole my pick. Uh, this is like I remember watching this live. This is I remember watching this live with my dad, and my dad getting up and just copying everything Joe Buck was saying and saying like, "This is a disgusting act," uh, and just act, acting, acting much more absurd than he needed to because Randy Moss did not actually pull his pants down. Sure, not the not the greatest thing to be doing, 
But in a rivalry game, it's a funny move. Oh, I and... thought it was I thought it was hilarious. I mean, yeah. I was a big Randy Moss fan. I mean, my dad's a big Vikings fan, so I was supporting Randy Moss and the Vikings with him. But to do it to the Green Bay crowd, 100%. I mean, and the fact that Joe Buck, of all people, somebody who I'm <laughs> not a big fan of, you know, as, as you know, an announcer, but um, yeah, the fact that he hated it just made it even more special and just that much better. Yeah, good pick. All right, Steve, what do you got? Well, I'm two? going with the Tony Shuffler flash mob. The, so come again? What? <laughs> you really don't know this one? Tony, wait, Tony. Tied in for the Lions. Yes, we know Tony the Oh, I, somebody's got to send me that. I got to look that up. Wow, that laying egg. <laughs> Joe, oh, you understand this though, right? Was no, that, you could have taken, you taken, you taken that as your last pick. I don't think that was getting taken by Brian or I. No, but I'm saying that was hilarious. Tell touchdown celebration and his dance moves was great. Flash my, can you explain that one actually? Yeah, explain it. I just, I'm trying to picture it. No one's on the same page as you with this one. Oh my gosh. He was doing I, the, all the flash mark commercials and he did the dance. Like, oh, so it's not even in a game. It's a commercial. No, he did it in the game. I got to um, look that up. I'm I pulling it up. No there's idea a, what. There's a YouTube clip of it. And it's 30 seconds long. So Flash, flash mob. Somebody's got to send that to me. Hold on. Oh, I have a vi- YouTube video of someone recording their TV. So. <laughs> okay, here he goes. Tony Scheffler catches a nice pass. Oh, gosh. Oh, Steve. Bad pick. That's what hilarious. Is what is he doing? I it's just know. like uh, like snapping the fingers. Like he goes, snaps his fingers to the left, snaps his fingers to the right. Doing a little high knee thing, but like he's dancing. Then he does like a, like a Michael Jackson jump, and then he does like spirit fingers away. I, it's, I don't know. I, oh, I, man. I, I think this is a dud. I think this is a dud pick. All right. Um, I am actually okay. So we're gonna go to my number two pick. Um, I had Joe Horn in there, but I'm actually gonna go with Billy White Shoes Johnson, the Oilers wide receiver, the funky chicken dance. That the first first one ever? Is that the first touchdown dance ever? It might be. I think he, yeah. yeah, I think he in like invented like the touchdown celebration dance, but the funky chicken where he puts his you know, two fingers up in the air and, you know, does the little, I don't even know what you call that with his knees and his legs, but it's almost like, you know, I don't know. I can picture him like dancing to like the, that, what is it? The whip. Now watch me whip. Now watch me nay nay or something like that. But yeah. Just, watch me whip. Yeah. It's just watch a great, great dance. And it's a classic. I mean, it's timeless, but now um, watch me whip, whip. All right, so Watch that me, leaves Nana. that leaves me with the so here's my number one pick, and I had to include him in here. I mean, he's one of the greatest touchdown celebrators of all time in the NFL, Mr. Chad Johnson Ocho Cinco. It was between the Hall of Fame class of 2000, you know, with the two question marks, where he would put on the gold jacket and have that on the back where. He, you know, he got fined for everything he did, but that one was really, really funny. But I'm actually going to go with the 
Chad Johnson. Yeah, I'm going to go with him proposing to the cheerleader. I think that was, all in all, it was, I think it was cute. I think it was, again, it was spontaneous, something you weren't expecting necessarily. And it's Chad Johnson. I mean, he's a goofball. You always wanted to see him score because you always wanted to see what he was going to do, what kind of celebration he was going to do. I mean, he had so many touchdown celebrations that I could sit here and talk about, but that's my number one, the proposing to the cheerleader. Um, that was great. That was great. Um, and Steve, we're back to you. Your number one pick. Uh, my number one favorite celebration is the Jamal Anderson 30 bird dance. Um, that is a classic. Oh, we played, we played football every time. That was the dance I did. Um, that was between that and the salute, but I went with the Jamal Anderson 30 bird. That's another good one. I mean, I, I love the mile high salute, but good. That was a good number one pick. I like that one. I think you made up for uh, your dud they had there on number two. Oh, you guys suck, but, right? Oh, okay. All right, Jeez. Joe, your number one pick. You uh, got? My, my final pick is Antonio Brown uh, continuously humping the air after touchdowns. He did it twice. Um, the first time uh, they the league made a rule saying you can only pump two times. After two times, it's a fine. <laughs> so he pumped three times the next. The I think it was like the very next game, and he got a fifty thousand dollar fine. So when you That's, say the word, when you say pump, I mean pump. it's like humping. Pump, hum, yeah, okay. a hip thrust of of sorts. Okay, I just want to um, clarify that. Watch the video. Uh, you can find it on YouTube. It's very funny to watch him. The first one's funny, but the second one's even funnier knowing that he's fully aware that he can't do this anymore. And there, and there are people counting the pumps to make sure they're legal until he does the third one. And then they say, oh, no, no, no. It's very much like the key and piece <laughs> peel skit, which is very funny to think about. <laughs> And it's also right. Antonio. It's also Antonio Brown. Who right, which makes it is, better. Did we ever talk about all? Did we talk about last week all that crazy stuff that's going on with him or now? Uh we touched upon it a little bit. Yeah. Okay. Just wanted to make sure. All right. Well, those were actually some. Those were some good picks. I thought. Um, those. I like the list that we have. Um, and guys, just to wrap this up, this segment up. Any honorable mentions that you want to throw out there that we didn't mention? Uh, Tara Owens and Star. Oh the yeah, slamming the ball on the star. Yeah, that. no, I think he laid down on it, didn't he? Oh, did he? I think somebody I slammed a... the ball on it and got tackled. Though I forgot. No, I no, think yeah, he... he no, he went to there and put his arms up. Okay, and then he, he got put the tackled. ball down, and put right. his arms up in the air, and he got tackled. I thought he laid in it. That's right, he got tackled. No. Okay. Uh, I like the Jimmy Graham uh, dunking the football because he's got really high up there in the goalpost. Yeah, t- Tony Gonzalez, I think he he was notorious for doing the dunking, right? Yeah. I'm pretty sure, yeah. And then um, the Lambo Leap. Yeah, the Lambo Leap. That's a big Classic. one. Classic. How about uh, Steve Smith rowing the boat? Oh, yeah. He's I remember just he did just that. sit yeah. on the ground, just row the boat. Um. Trying to think who else is out there. There was like so many. Oh. I mean, the, the Gronk spike. Yeah, Gronk yeah. smash. 
Then he the drinks pi- milk. The pylon putter. I think Chad Johnson did that one. Terrell Owens eating popcorn. Yeah. I mean, that was a great one. Ezekiel uh, Elliott jumping into the Salvation Army bucket. That was a big one. Oh, didn't Antonio Brown he used to he jumped on the um he jumped on the goalpost too, didn't he do that? Yeah, that was a good one too. I still the Rams you... was it um Holt or Bruce Price to spin the football, remember? On yeah. that turf, they used to do the spinning football around and see who could to, the longest. Like they were doing cool. like a fire too, like lighting yeah. a fire, put their hands on it, like they were getting warm. Yeah, I like when guys spin the football. That's that's fun to watch. Yeah. All right. Uh, one guy I just wanted to point out there quick. Um, one of my all-time favorite players, Barry Sanders. Um, every time he scored, and I used to love this about him, always knew where the ref was because he always used to hand the ball to the ref. Like, you know, I, I've I've done this before. You know, this is nothing new. This is, I'm supposed to do this. Let me just hand the ball to the ref, you know, move on. Just such a class act, and I always appreciated that about well, you know, Barry you know Sanders. What else you said too, right? What's that? He told the ref, "I'll be back." Yeah, yeah. It's such a change of pace in the game, though. I mean, I, I used to love seeing that. But yeah, I loved when Juju Smith Schuster pretend to give birth birth to a baby. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, that was great. That was great. <laughs> I love when awesome. we go from respecting the game to Juju Smith just birthing, pretending to birth a baby. Yeah. Well, how about the shocky? Did he used to punt the ball into the stands or throw it and he got in trouble a lot <laughs> with the Giants? That was uh, most of the celebration. Like, and then he got yeah, in trouble for like, keep doing it. I feel like I see I feel like I've seen that. I feel like I've saw I saw him do that. Yeah. And then he got fined or something, or just Cam Newton. Cam Newton handing the ball game oh, ball Superman. to somebody. Yeah. Oh, the Superman. Superman. Yeah, yeah. Aaron Rodgers, uh discount double check. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, there's so many good ones. All right. We are going to move on to our final segment of the show now where we make our picks for and predictions for week six. Uh, we are going to start with the Thursday night game on Amazon Prime. Um, I'm going to give the, um, the lines of these games. All the, all the odds are from Caesars Sportsbook. Uh, Steve, I'm going to start with you. The Thursday night game, it's the one and four commanders at the two and three Bears. Who do you have in that one? Uh, thank God for playoff baseball. We'll just go with the Chicago Bears. <laughs> That's a terrible Thursday night game. <laughs> I have a lot that I could say about the Thursday night games that have been shown. I don't recently. think they're going to beat out baseball. That's how bad the game is for rating yeah. wise. Joe, who do you have? Oh, I like the Bears. I watched. Again, like I said, I was in Chicago this weekend and I made sure to watch the Bears-Vikings game. And, and despite them losing, they actually surprised me with how well they were throwing the ball and, you know, how well Justin seems Fields like, actually seems can like work. Fields is actually starting to, like, he's starting to calm down a little bit. He's he's a little more relaxed in the pocket. It's crazy, though, because he'll go, like, 6 for 14 but have, like, 135 passing yards. Like, he only goes long. Yeah. All right, well, I'm going to take the Bears in this one as well. Um, I Actually, I forgot to give the line for this. So the line is actually even for this game. 
which I don't think we've had an even line yet this season. So the, the first, yeah, first even line. So, yep, I have the Bears in that one. All right, the Sunday games, the 1 o'clock games, we have the 3-2 and two 49ers at the 2-3 and three Falcons. Joe, who do you have? Uh, I'll go 49ers. I think I hopefully they're going to start figuring things out. I mean, Gosh, if if you can, if they can't figure things out against the Falcons, I think this year is going to be quite difficult for them. All right, Steve, who do you have? Oh, I'll go with San Fran. Um, just what Joe said, they have to get this get this team going, and that division's up for grabs. So I gotta go with San Fran. They need to win this. All right, I keep forgetting to give you guys the line. So San yeah, Fran, say that San Fran's favored by five and a half in that game. I'm actually, you know, I thought about taking the Falcons in this game because the 49ers have just been driving me crazy this season. I can't seem to get them right. Um, that whole situation is just odd with Jimmy G. But I'm, I'm going to take the 49ers in this one. I'm, I think this is definitely a winnable game for them, even if it's on the road. Uh, they've been playing good ball this season, and I think they have things going with uh, Shanahan in that offense. and. Um, Debo Samuel's a monster. I mean, he's just tough to stop. He's he's a beast. Um, so yeah, I got 49ers in that one. All right, two and three Patriots at the two and three Browns. The Browns are favored by two and a half in that one. Steve, who do you have? I'll go with Cleveland. Uh, I just, I mean, I knew he can play really well last week, but I'll go Cleveland at home. All right, Joe, who do you have? Uh, I'll go Cleveland as well. I think. Uh... This Patriots backup quarterback is pretty garbage, so I think he's going to have a tough time with that uh, Browns defense. And and Miles Garrett should be back for that one too, I think, from the sounds of it. So, was he back last week? I don't even remember. No, I think he was out. Yeah, last week. Hey, listen, Browns are coming off a tough loss to the Chargers uh, last week. Should have won. What was it? A two-point win for the Chargers. that was a game that um, I was actually almost Denny and I were actually debating on whether or not we should go to that game. So we almost actually went, um, but I'm going to take the Browns in this one. I think it's a bounce back week for them. Uh, Patriots are coming off a huge shutout over the lions, which is hard to do, especially when you're the, you're, you're going up against the highest scoring team in the league. But I think this is a bounce back week for the Browns. I think Chubb really just burns them on the ground. Um, but yeah, I got the Browns in that one. Uh, three and two Jets at the three and two Packers. Green Bay's favored by seven and a half in that one. Joe, who do you have? Uh, Green Bay. We just talked about how they're not kind of playing up to standard, but I, 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 I like the line. I like them. Okay, Steve. Uh, give me the points. I'll take the Jets. Uh, either their defense is almost as good with the Giants, and I think they're bring the pressure to Rodgers like the Giants did to him. I think this is a bounce-back week for the Packers. Um, I, as much as I want to take the Jets in this one because they do look good lately. Um, now, I think Green Bay finds a way to, to edge out the Jets and kind of just squeak out a win late. Um, I, can't see the, I can't see the Packers slipping anymore. Um, but yeah, I'm going to take the Packers in that one. Two and three Jaguars at the two, two and one Colts. Indy is favored by two in that one. Steve, who do you have? Uh, I'm going to take the Colts. A little bit surprised, but I 
I think this is going to be like the one of the biggest games of their season trying to get this division. So I'm going with the Colts at home. Okay, Jody. The Jaguars, I don't think they're getting enough love. I think they're actually a very good team. Um, I think Doug Peterson makes them that much better. Um, and Trevor Lawrence is really starting to figure things out in the NFL. So I like I like the Jaguars in this one. I think the Jaguars learned a lot from that Philly loss. Um, and I think, yeah, I, th- I agree with you, Joe. I think we're not giving them as much love as we should. And my goodness, after that Thursday night game that I saw the Colts in, I'd be surprised if I picked the Colts the rest of the season. I mean, that was just awful that was terrible so i'm gonna go with the jags in this one um four and one vikings at the three and two dolphins joe who do you have um i'm gonna go with the maybe the more unpopular opinion this i like miami um i'm not sure do we know if two is back yet Um, he is not he is out he probably Uh, there's still no there's still no timetable i believe on him i saw that he was practicing in some capacity um you know, I still think the Dolphins are, are still a very good team because of that defense they have. So, um, you know, maybe call it an underdog pick. I don't know. I I like, despite, I think last week, as much as it said about the Bears, I think it said a lot about the Vikings in the opposite way. I think that the 4-1 record might be a little more deceiving than it what it actually says. So I'm going to go Dolphins in this one. All right, Steve, who do you have? Well, I'm going Minnesota. I, I rather just trust Cousins, Cook, and Jefferson over whoever Miami has. Right, I don't know what's going on Miami with their quarterback situation, but I, I, I'll give you Minnesota. You know, Skylar Thompson, you know, we got to see him for the first time. I mean, he made his NFL debut uh, last week, and it, it wasn't really that great. But I think I think – I agree with what Joe says. I mean, the Dolphins—they—they're still a good team, and I think, I think that the rest of the team outside of the quarterback position can carry them. You know, at home against this Vikings team, because we look at the Vikings and they're—you know—it's like both ways with them. You don't know if they're good. You don't know if they're bad. I mean, it's—you just—I feel like you—you don't know what you're going to get with the Vikings. I think um, they should have blown the Bears out. I don't, yeah, I don't think the Bears. It's like they that, struggled with them a little bit. Yeah, I so, I I thought they were going to kill the Bears, and they end up. I mean, I think they were beating them by a lot, and the Bears ended up coming back a little bit, if I remember correctly. Um, had a few soda pops watching that one, but I do think uh, I do think like they're kind of what is it? They're posers, they're imposters. Like I don't know if they're as good as their record indicates right now. Yeah, and they play better at home than they do on the road, and uh, Minnesota's kind of always been like that. Uh, so, yeah, I, I'm going to go with the Dolphins in this one. I have faith in them. I, you know, I I think whoever's starting at quarterback, I, I don't know if it's Bridgewater or Thompson, but whoever it is, I think they figure it out. I think they have a surprisingly good game. Uh, all right, the 2-3 and three Bengals at the 2-3 and three Saints. Steve, who do you have in that one? Cincinnati's favored by one and a half in that. Well, I'll, I'll take Cincinnati. Um, I really think they need to get back on the track, and I, I trust Joe Burrow. Um, so I, I'll go with the Bengals. All right, Joe, what do you have? Um, yeah, I, I'll go with the Bengals as well. Kind of the same thing. I think Joe Burrow still is very good. I'm not 
I kind of talked about Zach Taylor a little bit. I think he benefits a lot from having a quarterback. But, um, yeah, I, I, I think the Bengals take this one. I'm actually going to go with the Saints in this one. I, you know, after seeing what Taysom Hill did last week um, against the Falcons, I just, why don't they use that guy more often? You know, I just don't get it. Because they got Jameis Winston. He eats yeah, his but, Ws. But still, it's like, I don't know. I, I have the bank or I have the Saints pulling an upset in that one. Um, and uh, I just want to point this out too. I forgot to give the I forgot to give the line in the Minnesota Miami game. Minnesota is actually favored by three and a half in that one. I gotta stop doing that. Three um, and a half, three and a half for a three four and a half for, team for, yeah, for Minnesota. So three and two Ravens at the four and one Giants. Baltimore's favored by six in that one. Steve, who do you have? I, I can't do it again. I'm going with the Giants. Last week I did pick the Packers, so I'm just going with my home, my team. All right, Joe, who do you have? I'm going to go with the Ravens. Uh, I think Lamar Jackson's very good. You are not wrong about that, sir. And I'm actually, I'm actually going to go with the Ravens as well. I think, you know, as much as I like the way the Giants have been playing lately, I think they, they finally hit a wall. And I think Lamar's, Lamar's going to be a bit too much to handle on that one. He's just tough to slow down. I mean, unless they come up with something defensively to slow him down, but it's going to be tough. What a quarterback spy. I mean, yeah, if they, if the quarterback's going to sit on him, if that works for them, I mean. You know, all the power to them, but the Ravens are tough. That's not, su- that's not sustainable, though. They did with Vic. Every day with Vic back in the day. Fooled him yeah. down. I don't know. I, I... Lamar's, we're gonna Lamar's him, we're tough, gonna though, because... We're going to make Jackson throw the ball the whole time. I mean, he could throw the ball, though. He's been I mean, throwing he's... well all season. Yeah, he's, he's, that's what I'm saying. They're going to start that this season. He was with, their, with his feet. Yeah. yeah, it'll be an interesting game. I mean, I think it'll be a really good one, but I'm interested to see who comes out on top in that one. Uh, three and two Bucks at the one and four Steelers. The uh, Bucks are favored by eight in that one. Joe, who do you have? I'm uh, gonna go Bucks. Um, I I think Philly, uh, P- uh, Pittsburgh's kind of a shit show right now, especially at quarterback, which is the main reason for my pick. All right, Steve, who do you have? Uh, I'll go with Tampa. They might win by 30. Okay, I'm going to go with Tampa as well on that one. The 1 and 4 and these are the 4 o'clock games. The 1 and 4 Panthers at the 2 and 3 Rams. Um, LA is favored by 10 and a half in that one. Steve, who do you have? I want to say the T word right now, a trap game. Uh, but I, I go with the Rams, but I'm not confident uh, don't start with them that at all. Again. Not a very confident pick. Joe, who do you have? Um, yeah, I'm going to go Rams. It's a lot of points, but good thing I'm not trying to get the spread or anything like that. If we're just going, picking our, our money line winner, then I'm going Rams. I mean, I think they figure things out a little bit. It's a good chance again for them to kind of straighten out the ship a little bit. Yeah. Panthers are a mess right now. They just fired their coach. Uh, Baker Mayfield's out. I, I don't know what to think with them. I'm, I'm going with the Rams in that one. 
Uh, if the Rams lose that game, let me just say the, the Rams really stink. Um, two and three Cardinals at the two and three Seahawks. Arizona's favored by three in that one. Joe, who do you have? Again, a game you would think that the Cardinals should probably be the big time favorite, should be, you know, in that seven to eight point favorite. You only get three and a half. I don't know. I, Geno Smith is still kind of being an anomaly. He looks right now. good. He looks really I, good. I'm gonna I'm gonna say, you know, throw everything out the window and I'm just gonna go I'm gonna ride with Geno Smith a little bit here. I'll go I'll go Seattle. Okay, Steve, who do you have? I agree with Joe. I'm thinking Seattle. I'm gonna go with the Seahawks as well. I mean the, the Cardinals, I feel like they're just throwing chances away. Like they have these opportunities to win games and I don't know what's going on with them. And oh, plus Joe, could be could he be on the hot seat? Pete Carroll? No. Uh, what's his name? Arizona. Kingsbury? Yeah, yeah. Kingsbury. Um, with the I talent they have. Yeah, I definitely think so. I, I, I think you have to wait until Hopkins is back. I think that once Hopkins gets back, if they're still kind of struggling, then it seriously is like, a, what What are you doing? But until that, until that happens, then uh, I think he gets a little bit of leeway. I'm, yeah, I'm going to take Seahawks in that one, though. I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what to think of the Cardinals. They're such a fourth quarter team. Uh, uh, the 4 and 1 Bills at the 4 and 1 Chiefs. Buffalo is favored by two and a half in that one. This may be, this has potential to be game of the, of the year, I think. Um, Joe, who do you have in that one? Uh, let's go, Buffalo. I mean, I think it's going to be a big, a big rivalry game vibes. I think it's revenge game vibes too for the Bills um, after last year's conference finals. Um, no, I, I, I think the Bills are are going to kind of show their dominance in that one. Yeah, and this could be a potential AFC Championship game too. Yeah, a rematch. Yeah. Um, Steve, what do you have? I'm going with the home team, Kansas City. Um, if this was vice versa, Buffalo, I was going to go to home team with it for either one. Um, I just like Mahomes and I trust Andy Reid. It'll be a very close game. <laughs> I'm actually I'm going to go with the Bills in this one. I'm probably going to regret it, but I, I don't know. Bills are just, they're showing me why, you know, they're everybody's Super Bowl pick and um, they're just a scary team right now. Chiefs, I know I said it. I know I'm kind of go against. I'm going against myself right now. I still think the Chiefs are the best team in the league, but I, I don't know. I, I just the Bills are. They may overtake that after this week. I think they may overtake that title, but we'll see. Uh, four and one Cowboys at five and zero oh Eagles. Steve, who do you have? Oh, Philly's uh, favored by six in that one. By the way, I keep forgetting. Uh, I'll go with Philadelphia at home. Uh, just I trust Hurts over, sorry, Brian, over Rush right now. And I think they'll figure out how to beat the Cowboys defense. So I'll go with Philly. Hey, Joe, who do you have? I'm going to go Eagles as well. Again, especially at home. I think that's a huge advantage right now. <laughs> I'm going to regret this. I'm going with the Cowboys. 
Um, I think their defense actually stops Jalen Hurts. Um, I know Cooper Rush didn't really do much last week against the Rams, which was an issue. Um, I think I think this will be a low-scoring game, and I think the Cowboys just get over. I think they just get past the Eagles in this one. Uh, and that's the Sunday night game. The Monday night game, two and three Broncos at the three and two char- <laughs> Chargers. Go, Chargers, go. LA's favored by four and a half in that one. Joe, who do you have? Um, I'm going to go Chargers. I think they're, again, we talked about how they're dealing with a lot of stuff, but I think Herbert's going to be another week healthy and, and you know, they'll kind of get, again, riding the ship a little bit, but also finding continued success. All right, Steve, who do you have? Uh, I'm going with the Chargers. Denver, I don't know what is going on there. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> I'm going with the Chargers. All right, you guys said it all. I'm, I'm going to go with the Chargers as well. Um, yeah, Broncos, I, I have no idea what's going on with that situation. So I'd be very surprised if Chargers dropped that one. Uh, teams on bye week this week. I think it's the first week for, for buys. Uh, Lions... Titans. Tigers and Bears. Oh my. Who? No, I'm kidding. I was Wizard of Oz quoting it. Oh. <laughs> so it's Lions, Titans, Raiders, and Texans. Uh yep, and those are all the teams on bye week this week. So that's all the time we have for our show this morning. Please join us next Thursday, same time, same podcast. We'll discuss how wins for your once hopeless franchise could earn you some ice cream. And we'll also discuss how Amazon and the NFL plan to make Thursday night football even more painful to watch for the remainder of the season. Thank you for tuning in to the Thursday morning football podcast brought to you by the number of points the Lions put up against the Patriots. We'll see you next time. Thank you for tuning in to the Thursday morning football podcast. This has been a DNK Global Studios production. Please debate responsibly.